I'm just talking about the role. Don't get worked oh, out. Same role, even if they're faster. <laughs> it's okay. Don't get worked out. Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 68 of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life and my foe in fantasy, and that is Nathan McDonald. Christmas has come and gone. The draft is here. Yes, it came and went. It, it is. Uh, the rookie drafts are here. The draft is no longer here. Oh, but, we're, we're in the middle of two of them right now. Yes, we are. Uh, uh, you know, I think I've been through five at this point. But yeah, the draft happened. And what a draft it was. I think for the most part, um, you know, for the receivers, even for the running backs, I think it, it turned out pretty, pretty okay, pretty well. But quarterbacks, man, whew, those quarterbacks dropped. Uh, I don't think anybody quite saw that coming. Even the biggest disbelievers and guys like Howell, Malik, uh, Corral didn't see them going in the third and the fifth and just crazy craziness. But, uh, you know, that's indicative of, you know, what we and everybody else have been saying about this, this quarterback class. So, uh, what are your initial thoughts on the draft as a whole? And then uh, we'll kind of move into the big new segments from the draft. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't high on this quarterback class, but even I was surprised how, uh, how far they fell. I mean, to only have Pickett be the one guy taken in the, the first, you know, two and a half rounds almost. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane. So, um, yeah, with, we'll see if there are any surprises for our number one quarterback, but I don't think there will be now. Uh, but it's, you know, dicing up with these, the guys after him is going to be really interesting. So I'm, I'm interested to see where you put them. Yep, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be getting into our quarterback and our running back rankings. Um, but and, running backs first because it's way more interesting this year. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start off with the running backs to keep you guys engaged and active here. See, but you know, See, last year we had – last sorry to interrupt. Last year we had Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones. Yeah. Like, we had an entire roster, and it, it's just shit this year. A lot more to talk about. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it was Mel Kuyper, which, you know – you know, who the hell is <laughs> but uh, it, he did say that he, he's, he would put the over under at 6.5 for first round quarterbacks next year. So that's, that's pretty crazy. If that is, and even if it is six, even if it's on the under of that, that's, that'll be a drastic change. So look forward to that if you need a quarterback, but this year was not the year to uh, tank for a quarterback, certainly. But uh, yeah, we're going to be getting into those rankings. But first, we will discuss the two big trades. That I mean, obviously, there were tons and tons of trades. It was funny. It like went pretty boring and smooth up until pick 10. And then after pick 10, it was just trade after trade after trade, just, you know, bonanza. It was crazy. But uh, so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Mr. A.J. Brown first. Uh, A.J. Brown... Going to play with the Eagles. He was traded for a first and a third. And this basically came down to he wanted to get paid uh, like a lot of these other receivers, uh, you know, want to. And either Tennessee couldn't make it happen or didn't want to make it happen. I don't know why they wouldn't want to, but, you know, clearly it was an issue enough such that they they made this trade. And, of course, you know, uh, we won't be getting into wide receivers, but they, you know, 
as a part of this segment, they drafted Traylon Burks with the pick that they traded for at least the first round pick. So, you know, they'll, they're going to hope that he can, you know, play even 60, 70% of that role this year. Uh, so that's really exciting for Burks fans. But, um, you know, as far as the Titans as a whole, you know, I think it's stocked down for that offense, certainly this season. And, uh, you know, Derrick Henry's going to have even more of the load put on his back. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But definitely stock up for the Eagles, stock up for Jalen Hurts, maybe stock down for Devontae Smith. But even still, this might kind of help him get open a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, that, you share share similar thoughts. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? I think it would be a wash for Smith. I mean, he, he was the only relevant receiver on that team last year. So now he has a serious threat opposite him. So I think it's good for him. Obviously great for Jalen Hurts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. Hopefully uh, the running backs can take advantage of people backing off him a little bit. But we'll see how Miles Sanders does in his final year of the contract. Yep, that'll be something interesting to pay attention to. They were one of the most run-heavy teams uh, last year, so we'll we'll see mm-hmm. if that changes. You know, as far as A.J. Brown himself, I would probably bet on the side of this is stocked down for him, even if only slightly. Um, you know, it is, you know, the, the, the Titans were also a very run-heavy offense, so I guess it's not changing from that perspective, but mm-hmm. – Um, you know, there are some questions about Jay, you know, obviously AJ Brown kind of thrives over the middle of the field. That's one area where Jalen hurts has been specifically, uh, not great as far as his accuracy and even his attempts uh, in the middle of the field. So hopefully this helps him unlock that. And, uh, you know, obviously I think Jalen hurts is without a doubt, like a top seven, eight dynasty quarterback right now, but there is still some of that risk if he does, you know, fail, uh, you know, they could, they still have two draft picks next year, but, uh, you know, I feel a lot better about them before, uh, after the draft than I did before. Definitely. Yeah. I, I still have some, some doubt on there. I don't know about without a doubt him being top seven or eight, but, um, but yeah, it definitely helps him for sure. And, uh, he, he needs to do well with this crew now because he has a good supporting cast. So yeah, that was, was exciting. And then another Brown, Mr. Hollywood Brown, got traded from the Ravens to the Cardinals. And that was one that like no one saw coming. Uh, that seemed quite out of the blue. It's Lamar's favorite receiver, but he's going and uh, yeah, he's going to a guy who used to play football with, with Kyler Murray. And I don't know. I, I think this is them trying to appease Kyler Murray a bit and try to settle that down and get him to stay. And um, you know, they've had some contentious negotiations, but it seems to be going in a good direction now. So hopefully that helps. Um, and they probably also knew that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be suspended for six games. They probably had that already in their back pocket going into the draft. So they decided to make a move and get another receiver. So what do you think? Yeah. I mean, as far as, I mean, you know, I don't know how long it takes tests to come back positive or negative and how long it takes that for that information to disseminate to the public. But you know, this is a almost a week after the draft. I don't know if they did know that information. I think they might have just been looking for a wide receiver, um, even with with DeAndre Hopkins there, because you know, obviously Rondell they didn't use him very well, but he didn't you know didn't really fill that wide receiver two mold last year. So, um, speaking yeah, of stock down. I think they would have done this anyway. And here's the thing. There's been some, I don't know how you feel about the trade from the Cardinals side. There's been a lot of people that I guess compared to the AJ Brown trade because they traded uh, for, you know, a, a five picks later. And, you know, they did also, um, you know, they, they, they also gained a third, I believe. So, you know, it was a little bit, 
you know, more value in that perspective. But, um, you know, I, I really like it because my, my thought process is, you know, they wanted a wide receiver. Even Jahan Dotson had already been taken. You know, there have been six receivers taken by the time that their pick would have came. And they probably weren't comfortable drafting a guy. They felt like, you know, Marquise Brown would be a better addition than any of the guys, the wide receivers left. I think there's some argument. There's some guys that I like, but, you know, Marquise Brown is, you know, at least a better than average receiver. And, uh, you know, obviously the chemistry with Kyler. I think this is definitely stock up for Marquise Brown, but stock down for Lamar definitely too. Yeah, my argument would be they, they sold away their, what, 23rd pick in the draft. Like, they could add Christian Watson with that pick. They could add Sky Moore, uh, George Pickens. I mean, I if I were them, I would have just taken someone in the draft. But um, I guess none of those guys played with Kyler Murray in college, so that probably helped the process. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I like um, I like those guys as much, if not more. I mean, I think uh, Marquise Brown has really shown flashes. Obviously, at the beginning of this season, we were both eating crow because we were so out on Marquise Brown. So I wouldn't be surprised if going from that super rush-heavy offense to going to one of the most pass-happy offenses in the league uh, does benefit him a lot. And he does kind of – you know, he was a first-round pick, and, and uh, I think he still does have that elite speed and field-stretching ability, and maybe Kyler can – do something with him but uh but anyways that is the two big trades from the draft um and yeah there's a lot to get into but we will get into it uh kind of as we go over these guys so let's start with this running back position and you know uh let's go through our rankings here so for me i mean i think it's it's almost unanimous i've seen like one person i think like field yates uh have have it different but you know Brees Hall RB1 you know in most cases if not all cases I think he should be the 101 in the draft um and I really like the landing spot with the Jets he went in the uh I think with the pick 206 very early second round um you know that's basically first round draft capital for a running back these days that's you know where right around where guys like uh, J.K. Dobbins and and Jonathan Taylor have went the past couple of years. So I love that draft capital. I do like the team in the Jets. Um, you know, Michael Carter, not looking too great for Michael Carter. I think he'll still have some work, but definitely not going to have, uh, you know, the upside that a lot of people foresaw. And uh, love the landing spot. Brees, 101. He's been my 101 from the beginning, and he's been my RB1 from the beginning, and he is not moving with that landing spot. So, Nate, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I disagree. Oh, no. Oh, the, yeah. Kenneth Walker is my RB1 and my number one overall pick. I don't know why you're surprised. I told you it was like razor thin between these guys before the draft. He's got a better landing spot. No, I don't think he did. Okay, fair enough. Look at the last six games of last year. Rashad Penny was the RB1 in all of fantasy. And Rashad Penny's still there. (laughs) I understand, but he's only there on a one-year deal. And you're the one always saying he can't stay healthy. And you're right, he can't. But they clearly brought in Kenneth Walker to be the RB1 for that team. They are a run-heavy team. They took Charles Cross at the 109, which is big-time draft capital. He could be the best tackle in the class. And then they took a guard in the third round. In between that, they took Walker and a defensive lineman. They are getting ready to play smash mouth football. Drew Locke, the only thing he's good at is like trying to throw it off deep. So that'll at least help keep safeties back. But 
Like they are going to have to run the football a lot next year. And even beyond next year, like you just said, Mel Kuyper's predicting what six first round quarterbacks, they get a good quarterback and it's off to the races with him. So I like the landing spot better. Rashad Penny is only on a one-year contract. Michael Carter is on three more years of a rookie deal. That's very favorable to the team. He's not going anywhere. He's a very good back that is going to vulture away touches probably in the passing game mostly. So, yeah, I, I like the landing spot better, and it was already razor thin between these guys. So Kenneth Walker is my RB1. I don't blame anybody for having Brees Hall as the one, but Walker is the guy. Oh man. All right. Well, fair enough. I mean, uh, Walker's my number two. I mean, I don't like the landing spot nearly as much. I'll get into a couple of things. Um, you know, Rashad's there. I do think this is probably X's for, for Chris Carson. He's probably not gonna, I don't, there's people said he's not going to ever play another snap on the field. I don't know if I'd go that far by saying that just from this draft pick, but I do think that he's going to be phased out of a major role certainly, but, um, well, medically uh, he might not. Yeah. Yeah. He had the neck issues. Maybe that's what the, maybe that, that is in that case, I I can understand what people are saying with him never touching the field, but I don't think that's what you need to worry about. But the Seahawks do not, first of all, there was already the concern and, and the whole situation you laid out about if this happens and if they do this and if they become better, it's like, what did Jets, I say? That was if the one, if was if they take a quarterback, which they will in future. Right. 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 I, 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 exactly. So that's the that's, one, if, but even the without are, that, the Jets already have who you think is a great quarterback and they already have the situation set up. They already have an offensive line set up. Like it's, it's, you know, they, they're more kind Beckton might not show up. They're further along in their process, and and uh, you know Michael Carter's there certainly, uh, but Kenneth Walker's not going to be anything in the passing game. I mean, he he he. There was already questions about it. he caught twenty three passes his entire college career, and I know the thing about playing in high school, he caught a thousand yards, but that's high school. Then the past you know th- three years or four years, uh, he was in school. He he caught twenty three passes total from all those years. So and now he's going to an offense that doesn't throw to their running backs. They don't, they haven't in years, even, even Marshawn Lynch wasn't really a pass catching running back. Like they, they, they just don't do it. It's not a part of Pete Carroll's system. So that part of his game is completely out. I mean, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, Nate. So he, he, he might get rushes and, and that's all great, but Brees Hall, he's going to catch the ball. And yeah, Michael Carter's going to steal some, some catches, but the thing is there'll, there'll be that game there. There will be passes available for the, both of them for the running backs. And uh, so I just, I like it better from a PPR perspective. I like it better from where the team's at right now. I guarantee you the Jets offense is going to score way more than, than like the touchdown, especially, you know, this year. I mean, you know, you can project for it all we want, but that's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. The Seahawks could get even worse. I don't know. But, and so could the, the Jets, maybe Zach Wilson sucks. But what I'm saying is that he's going to score tons of touchdowns this year because the Jets are going to be moving that ball and the, the, the Seahawks are not. The Seahawks just simply are not. I don't care if they bring in Baker. I don't care if they bring in Jimmy. They're not going to score the ball. They're, they're going to be a pound the clock out, win games by 12 to 8. Like, that's what they're going to be doing. Or 12 to 8 is a weird score. But anyways, whatever, uh, 12 to 7. Like, that's going to be what happens. So, um, I don't like love the landing spot for Kenneth Walker. He, he is my RB2 simply based on talent. And I do think in the future this can improve. So, I agree with your point. But th- – I'm not going to project a situation being better than the, the one that Brees Hall already has. What's the projection? Rashad Penny put up massive fantasy output last year and when he actually was healthy. 
Like, what's the projection? Now, now he's still going to be there and he's going to be splitting those. And they clearly are phasing him out. He got signed to a one year deal for not a whole lot of money. And it's only a one year deal. And they drafted a sec, like the second running back in the draft. And you know what? If Rashad Penny does go off, if he has a healthy season, which I, I don't know if it will happen, I'm hoping it does for his sake. Um, that he's going to get resigned. He still has higher draft capital than Kenneth Walker. He was a first round running back. So, you know, I, I, I'm not writing him off. As <laughs> Sony Michelle was too. I mean, I, I understand, but much sooner, three years ago, he was. So, I mean, uh, you know, either way, I mean, you know, if you, if you want to take Kenneth Walker at the one oh. one I don't think you have the one one in any of the leagues we're in. So, you know, be my guest, but what does uh, that, well, I was just saying that like, you, you you won't be doing it in any of our drafts, I guess. But uh, but I I just mean, uh, you know, I, 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 that's surprising to me. It's surprising to me. I haven't seen much of that, but fair enough. Uh, you know, uh, he's my RB two, and I still, I mean, I've taken him at the one one oh three, so I still feel good enough to do that. It's just for me, Brees is a cl- clearly a better landing spot, but that's okay. We can disagree on that, and uh, hopefully, you have Brees at your RB two. Is that is that the case? I mean, yeah, I told you it was razor thin between the guys. And yes, again, I don't know why you're surprised, but I'm very happy to see that you were so much higher on Zach Wilson than you were a year ago. That that yeah, is definitely way improved. More, way more around him. He has one of the league's best young running backs. And he adds Garrett Wilson. Now, why wouldn't I be higher on him? I think most people are. Yeah, he was. Well, you thought he was a bum before. But anyway, we will move on. Uh, yeah, Brees Hall is obviously my RB2. Uh, these are the clear cut. You know, there's a talent drop after these guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said before, I don't like the landing spot as much as Kenneth Walker. Brees Hall is not as good of a pure runner as Kenneth Walker is. And Kenneth Walker's main I guess weakness you would call it but I think from what I've seen he catches the ball and run takes off with it just fine but his main weakness will be negated by the fact that he's going to be handed the ball off and asked to like pound the rock and score touchdowns on the ground so yeah um, I I don't like or I like the competition Walker has to face better than I do for Brees but Brees is still definitely going to move Michael Carter to the number two role and yeah, it's uh, he'll, he'll be an awesome pick. Like I said, I don't blame people for having him number one, but Kenneth Walker is my number one. And I think we're going to look back in five years and find out that I was right. Hey, if we do, I'll, I'll admit it, but I'm quite confident that's not going to happen, but that's okay. We'll see. So we'll see. Uh, we got some contention right off the bat. And I honestly think with these running backs, this might be the position that you and I disagree on the most. So um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, so, all right, we're opening it up for three now. And man, this, I really did agonize this next little tier for me, honestly, all the way from three to seven. I mean, if you put these guys in any order, I'm not going to blame, blame you. I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see if we do have the same guys in this tier from three to seven, but, um, there's a couple things that made me lean Isaiah Spiller, number three. And, uh, you know, the guy, you know, a lot of these running backs, a big, big, big worry I have with guys like Pierce, guys like Rashad White, they're 23 years old, you know, so let's think about this, you know, running back contracts, you know, it's going to be four years, their next contract, they're going to be 27, 28 years old. Like they're one contract running backs, like, I mean, they might have a small contract after that, but like, I'm very worried about the, the length of time that these guys are, you know, going to be. 
um, feature pieces. And, you know, I'll get into those guys a little bit deeper later, but Isaiah Spiller, he's 20 years old. He'll be the youngest running back in the league. Um, Austin Eckler, look, they've been looking for this role. They've been looking for the pounder behind Austin Eckler. They failed multiple times with Josh Kelly. They failed with, uh, oh, who's the other guy? Larry Roundtree. Um, so, but our, this is clear, clear and above the, the best guy that they've gotten over these past, uh, couple years that Eckler has been, you know, it used to be Gordon and Eckler. And really ever since then, they've been looking for this guy. And I think Spiller's going to fill that role perfectly. He can pass catch, but obviously Austin Eckler is going to dominate that role. But, you know, as Austin Eckler does age and, you know, eventually drops off, I think that's two or three years away. But, uh, you know, I think Isaiah Spiller can inherit more of that role as, as time progresses. So um, from a long-term view, it's, uh, it's uh, definitely Isaiah Spiller for me, and this is Dynasty, so that's what we're doing. If you're a win-now team, I can see arguments for – and that's what I said, three to seven. I'm really – I can't argue with anybody about any of these picks because I think there's reasons to like them all. And there's better landing spots than I really thought there was for the running back. So um, I do like Isaiah Spiller to the Chargers. The Chargers were uh, a landing spot I mentioned I like. So um, no reason to drop him down um, early fourth round draft capital. Isaiah Spiller sticking around at number three for me. But uh, definitely a teardrop for my first two guys. I do want to mention that. Yeah, uh, you're probably going to be disappointed where I have Isaiah Spiller ranked in this. Um, I'm not nearly as high on him as you are, and that's kind of been the case the whole process through, But uh, especially after his testing came through. But, I mean, I don't see that he's that much of a higher caliber running back than Joshua Kelly was coming out. I mean, look at their athletic profile. It's like Josh Kelly's just a little bit faster, actually a lot faster, and that's the only real difference. I thought Josh Josh Kelly was going to be good, so, I mean, I can agree that coming out i i uh, i wouldn't disagree with you yeah so i you know i see them as kind of similar prospects except spillers a bit slower so yeah i i think i think this is going to end up being another guy that the chargers might end up drafting over but like you said he's young he's he has shown some pass catching ability but that's clearly going to be Eckler's role and i do worry about if he is asked to be the punisher um you know his fumbling problem is severe, like by far the worst of any of the, you know, top running backs in this class. So uh, even in like my top 12 or 15, he had by far the, by far the worst fumbling rate. So if he does that in the NFL game, he's going to get benched very, very fast because there's a lot of guys that can hold onto the ball and, you know, crank out four yards at a time. So uh, my thing about that, I would be higher on his age if his athleticism was a bit better because that's the one thing that's like not going to come with age like he may get better skills he may you know be a bit smoother in his route running but he's never going to be you know a magically much better athlete and I think that's what's going to hinder him in the long run so that's why I have him ranked uh, a decent bit lower than some of these other guys definitely fair enough well who do you got at number three then Number three, uh, this, like you said, this tier is tough. There's a whole bunch of guys that are really, really close. Um, I got to go with the guy that just stands out, and it's Zeus. He athletically is right up there with Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. And it's very clear by the Raiders not picking up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option that they are probably planning to move on from him. You know, it's, it's a new coaching staff. That was a Gruden pick. Uh, and honestly, if you look at his last two years, like fantasy has made him look better than he has been on the actual field. Like the last two years, he has averaged like 3.9 yards per carry. It's like he has not been good. So 
Uh, he's good at like punching it in at the goal line and that's what he's used for. But I, you know, it's clear that they want to give that role to someone else. And I think that guy is going to be Zeus. He's athletically more gifted than Jacobs is and he's younger, fresher. And uh, I, I think he's going to take over that role pretty quickly. So, um, you know, probably not the first game or two, but it's going to happen. So I'm high on Zeus, especially in the long run when Jacobs moves out of there, I think Zeus is going to be a workhorse for the Raiders for, um, quite a long time at least their first and second down back yeah man uh, man uh, i really didn't want to drop zeus i mean i i i considered him for this spot so i definitely can't blame you there um the only thing i don't like is just i feel like him and jacobs are going to be kind of doing similar things. I mean, neither one of them are really pass catchers. Uh, Josh Jacobs started to do a little bit more of that last year. So I do think he'll still have most of that role, whatever little bit there is of it. And um, I definitely think this is one you got to sit on for, for a minute before, you know, Zeus is a guy that you can plug and play in your lineup from a week to week basis. I mean, would you agree with that? Like you aren't, you aren't going to be put in a flex in a week one through four or five. I mean, I, you know, we won't put a number on it, but you know, will you agree with that, that you, you might have to wait for a minute? Um, I mean, we'll see. I, you, people say Josh Jacobs isn't a good pass catcher, but he caught what uh, I'm looking at up now, 54 passes last, last year. year. Right, right. right. Yeah. It, that was the first time they finally like unleashed that part of him because he did it well, at Alabama. Well, the year before he had 33 receptions, which is not something to sneeze at either. So um, yeah, he, he he actually was more the receiving back last year than Kenyon Drake was. He did a lot less with his touches than Drake did, but he definitely got more target share. Uh, so well, that, that was my point. I think he'll still be catching the passes for them, you know, at least, you know, which there. which to me means Zeus is going to be the first and second down back. And that's good news because that's what Zeus is best at. And Zamir White is going is now on an offense that has Devonte Adams, Darren Waller and Derek Carr. Like I think this offense is going to be putting up points. He's going to get used in the goal line. He is like, they're going to be up a lot in games trying to run out the clock. I feel so. Yeah. I, I think the situation is good. And if Josh Jacobs is a problem, he's a problem for one year and then he's gone. Maybe. So. I mean, that's not a certainty. I mean, obviously there's guys all the time we think are leaving and they get re-signed, but yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. That's definitely a sign, but if he goes off this year, yeah, I, I, they might pay him. So, but, but I agree. I first, I would forecast that as well. So I don't disagree with that probably. Yeah. And his fifth year option was like $8 million or something. So it wasn't, it was affordable. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely affordable. So, right. Um, but yeah, Zamir white RB three. I like it, man. I'll get into him a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that you're still bold enough to keep him there. I did drop him and it was with much sadness that I did so. But um, yeah, so all right, we're going moving on here to RB4. And this this is one I'm really unsure about, especially, you know, compared to some of the guys, but I, I do think this is the best pick and it's Damian Pierce um at at uh going to houston um i do think he's the best like if you need to win now he's the he's the best of these backs outside of Brees and ken walker in my opinion i think he's gonna walk into the biggest role i think he's the best running back on his team automatically and that has to count for something now i mentioned earlier he's 23 years old so do i think that after this four years after you know when he's 27 that the texans are going to be looking to resign him no probably not and is it possible that they even draft somebody over him next year when we have a much better running running back class it's very possible 
So I don't want to act like this is cemented in stone, but I, I, we both really liked the, the talent of Damian Pierce and he didn't get nearly as much work as he should have at Florida. And I think that's going to change this year. Um, Houston's still not, I mean, they've, they've done a lot to improve, but they're still not an offense. I'm going to ride home about and be super excited about, but as far as the workload and the number of touches, I really think Damian Pierce is walking into an awesome situation. So he had to edge out some of these other guys that are just nipping on his heels, but uh, Damian Pierce is my RB four. Yeah. Uh, Nothing to argue with you too much about there because he's also my RB4. He, nice. uh, yeah, Damian Pierce, a guy that I really liked, um, kind of put Michael onto him as well, and he loves him. So, this is a guy that's a popular with uh, it seems like coaches and players. I mean, he, if you watch his bench press at the combine, it was quite entertaining. So, um, he's he's a player's player, and this dude is squat 700 pounds. And is just an absolute mule. He can carry the rock first and second down. And he also has good pass catching chops. Um, he has a very short stride, so he can just make people miss in a phone booth. Uh, problem is, because of that, he doesn't have great long speed, but he's going to get you plenty of 10-plus uh, yard runs. No problem. And he is great at the goal line. He was a touchdown machine at Florida. Uh, in a situation where they did not use him often enough. And that is the one thing you can lean on. You know, he's a little bit older, but his usage was uh, stupidly low when he was in college. So there's a lot of tread left on those tires, and I think he's going to uh, perform well for the Texans. And even if they do have a running back drafted over him, I, you know, I think he's a guy that is always going to have a role in the NFL. He's a great first, second down guy that can punch it in. So I, uh, he, he's going to be on your team for a long time if you draft him. And although he didn't get tons of work in the passing game, I liked what I saw. And more importantly, he is a, probably the best run blocker I saw mm -hmm. um, in this class. So I do think that is a little bit of excitement towards him possibly being a three down back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's drafted the top of the fourth. Again, a lot of times we see, don't see the, the guys drafting this range become, you know, complete workhorses. But I think he has a, you know, 10 to 20% chance. And that's more than, most pretty much anybody else left on this list in, in my opinion to be like a real real workhorse you know 20 30 touches a game so uh definitely have some excitement there i don't project that's what's going to happen there is still some guys there to share the backfield but he's clearly the best so um yeah damian pierce number four for both of us well who do you got at number five why don't you go first this time Nate? Real quick, before we go much further on the running backs, I do want to mention because it was literally a record amount of receivers taken in like the top two rounds, I think in the top three rounds as well. I think that pushed a lot of these running backs down into like the late third and fourth round and uh, some even later. So I wouldn't be scared off too much by that draft capital. So uh, just keep that in mind going forward. But number five for me is Mr. Brian Robinson playing for the Commanders. Now, this was a guy that was taken in the third round. Uh, so he, man, he's a guy that can be a three-down workhorse for them. And this is bad news for Antonio Gibson, who everyone was hoping would have that role. Um, you know, Brian Robinson obviously isn't going to have that for, you know, several years, I don't think, or at least one or two, just because, uh, you know, they have J.D. McKissick there who's going to get used a lot in the passing game. And Antonio Gibson is a good running back in his own right. But – he did not have a good year last year and it's, you know, with the draft capital they spent on Robinson, it's kind of clear that they want to bring in something new. So, um, you know, he's a, he's also a receiver that doesn't really get used much in the passing game, especially with McKissick being brought back. 
Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I think it's bad news for Gibson, but Robinson is in a pretty good situation. And I think it's only going to get better. So yeah, I have him here at number five. Yeah, no, you're definitely higher on him than me. Um, I definitely didn't like the landing spot as much. I mean, you said that, that Antonio Gibson didn't have a good year, but I mean, he, you know, he had the, the shin issue in the middle of the season and didn't put up, had a, had a bad stretch, but I mean, he had some really awesome games at the beginning and the end of the season. I think he was like, I know if this is different from real life, but even still the yardage and touchdowns and catches he put up, he was a top 12 running back. If I'm remembering maybe like 13, if not. Um, so I don't think he had a bad year at all. I think he had the, the injured spurt that you might be thinking of, but um that being said, you know, I, I like Brian Robinson. Um, you know, I'll get into him later, but at number five, oh man, yeah, I got to do it. And it's, it's, it's James Cook at number five. Um, it's, he's the third running back taken, which that was a mind blower to me. I, I, I couldn't believe that. Um, and he was taken in the second round. He was one of the only three second round guys. And it was to the very best, like pretty much unanimously agreed the best landing spot. So he was at my number eight. I had no choice to bump him up some, and it was really hard to figure out where to put him because I do still have a lot of questions. You know, the coach, uh, the coaches already came out and McDermott and said, you know, I think he's a great like change of pace or sub back. I think is what he said. So you know, that's that's. I mean, and anybody that watched his film and really knows what he does would would know that without him saying it. You know, he's he's not going to be a huge workhorse. He's not going to get more than ten carries a game. Look, if a, if a guy gets five, six catches and a couple of carries and possible touchdown upside, I mean, it, he's a valuable fantasy option. And it might not be, you know, RB1 material. I don't think he ever will be. But I think he has a pretty strong po- possibility to finish, like, between 20 and 24 pretty reliably, you know, year to year. And at this point in the draft, you know, drafting the second round, he's going early. Some people are taking him in the first, so I haven't gotten any of them yet. But – if I did, I would feel comfortable that I can, you know, have a solid flex spot. And for a lot of guys, you can't even depend on that ever happening. You know, there's guys that, that never, you, you never feel comfortable starting on a week to week basis. So um, I do think he walks into that, that situation, but definitely there's guys with higher upside as far as number of touches, things like that. But going to the Buffalo bills, I mean, Josh, uh, Josh Allen, it's going to improve his, you know, already climbing every year accuracy uh, percentage, um, completion percentage, uh, with, with James cook back there. And I think they're, that that's why they drafted him. So, um, you know, there's people that are way higher. A lot of people have him at the RB three. I don't have him quite that high, but he had no choice, but to climb at least a little bit for me. Uh, so RB five, I got James cook. Yeah. I'm, I'm not far off you here. I have James cook at number six. Uh, so I, I agree with a lot of what you said about like him landing in a good position. He's going to be in an offense that's putting up a lot of points. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely more of a change of pace guy by nature. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they add another running back in next year's draft after this to kind of be the, you know, the first and second down guy, but we shall see, but yeah, he, he's going to have a role in the NFL. I think for a long time, he's an explosive athlete that can score anytime he touches the ball. So uh, James cook at number six is um, pretty good there. Yeah. Again, he's one of the more hyped players. I mean, he was a riser for everybody, but it has gotten a little bit out of control. So it's like, I feel like even as much as I said good about him, I feel like we're kind of low on him according to consensus, but 
you know, we watched a lot of him at Georgia, I promise you. And, uh, you know, I do think there's some limits to his upside, but, um, and we just real quick touch on Singletary. Uh, you know, a lot of people think this is the end for Singletary. I don't think, I, don't, I think he's going to, you know, have that first, second down role this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident, especially with where he's going right now. I'm pretty confident getting the Singletary is like a RB3, RB4. Probably I'd rather have him as RB4, but if he were yeah. RB3, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with that, you know? So, um, don't, don't sleep on Singletary. I don't think James Cook kills Singletary. Does probably kill Moss, though. He was already dead. He killed himself. Yes, yes. Um, all right. So that was your number six, yep. right? And you had already done, yeah, you already did your five. So I'll give my number six here. And it is Zeus. It is Zemir White. Uh, look, I know, I know, I know you're going to ridicule me because we both said, and I still agree with what we said, that Zeus is a better running back than James Cook. 100%. I agree with that. But, uh, you know, the landing spot, I do think you got to wait. That's, that's the thing. And, you know, there is a slight chance that Josh Jacobs isn't going to be gone after this year. And if that happens, then Zeus is, you know, stuck. And he'll still have a role, but he's not going to have the upside of some of these other guys that really can inherit that role. But that being said, I think he will. Um, I'm willing to buy into that. He's going late. Like we're, I mean, obviously you, you have him at three, you're very high on him, but even having him at six is high compared to what I've seen. A lot of people, I've seen people drafting guys like Algier over him, you know, obviously Rashad white. Uh, so, so, you know, um, I, I still really like Zeus. I think he's one of the more talented backs. There is also the injury risk that a lot of these other guys don't have that we have to take into account. Um, but you know, that being said, I. I am very hopeful that won't isn't going to happen to him anytime soon, but that is a reason to be a little bit hesitant. And it always, you know, has been for me. Why I think I had him at four. Um, actually I had him at five cause I had Rashad white over in pre-draft, but um, you know, he took a little bit of a bump down to six, but I still like the landing spot. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to start a mere one, at least confidently. And that's my, my only reason for that. Um, but you know, Nate, you disagree with that. You, you see the role happening a lot quicker and I hope you're right. And I'm wrong. Cause I'm a big fan of Zeus and I've been able to get him in th- at the beginning of the third and three different drafts at this point. So I'm stocking up on him. I'm getting them everywhere. And as you've gotten him in a couple of drafts, we've done as well. So mm-hmm. um, we love where he's going right now. Definitely a huge value in drafts, but Nate, just a, a smidge or two higher on him than I am, but still love him at six, and it does hurt me to knock him down. You'll regret it. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, there are some concerns, but, uh, yeah, it's getting him at six, I think. I mean, he has been going very low in drafts, so I think he's been going too low. So, uh, you know, good pickup there. Okay, so number seven for me. This one was tough, really close between two guys. I'm kind of looking at this from a perspective of a win now team. And so that being said, I am taking Tyler Algier at number seven for the Falcons. Uh, He got, you know, fifth round draft capital and he's going into a landing spot where there is almost nothing as far as first and second down options go. Uh, It seems like they want to move Patterson back into more of the pass catching role and, they cut Mike Davis. So uh, all that is kind of spelling to me that they want to see what Algier can do as the, uh, you know, just kind of as the little bowling ball on first and second down and the Falcons. uh, Yeah. For (laughs) they're not going to score a ton of points, but you know, touches matter and getting him here at uh, number seven, I I think he could uh, provide value for you immediately. So, and possibly multiple years into the future, I do worry that he's going to get drafted over at some point and that he's a tad limited, 
Um, but he's, he's plenty athletic enough to make it in the NFL and make it as a, as a strong power runner. So uh, Algier at number seven for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have some thoughts on him. I'll get into it when I, when I get there, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said, certainly. So, um, but at my number seven spot, I have Rashad white. Um, I have the other white, um, you know, landing behind Leonard Fournette isn't fantastic, but I don't think that I think what this signals, you know, there's teams like James Connor, where even though I'm decently, uh, you know, high on Keontae Ingram, you know, they drafted him so late. Like it looks like James Connor is going to have that workhorse role, but where they took, Rashad White here kind of says to me that, you know, especially in the passing game, which he excels at, Leonard Fournette might get some of this load taken off of him. So I do think he he should be able to be a guy I can plug and play pretty early in the season into one of these flex spots or if I need a running back one week. Um, I like his talent. He was my RB4, so he dropped. Um, but, you know, Leonard Fournette just got signed to what? Was it a three-year deal? Yep. It, and- there's a there's an out at two years, but it's three years total. Okay, so here's the issue. Rashad White's 23. I know I keep going into this, but that's he'll be 26 when he theoretically could have his – I mean, 25, if you said there's out at two, 25 mm-hmm. at the earliest, that he's theoretically going to have the backfield to himself. Nick Chubb is 25 right now or might have just turned 26. 26, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he might he, – I think he just turned 26. So, you know, he's he's been in the NFL for four years already d- doing this, you know, so and pretty much having the backfield to himself. So when you talk about, well, yeah, fair. But being a, being a, a fantasy, you know, uh, somebody you can definitely depend on and start. But yeah, fair enough. Not to himself. But uh, yeah. So, you know, I don't think Rashad White's going to have that happen to him. And once you're 25, 26, it's not that I don't want you on your my team. It's not that any of that it's just I'm not excited as excited about you in dynasty because i know you know it could happen in two years it could happen in two weeks but you know that that running back hill happens fast and it you know there's guys that are i mean do you know todd Gurley's the most recent case of just the cliff hitting us in the face and uh so you know i'm 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 fading him for that reason and i'm fading him because leonard Fournette i think is among the better running backs that these guys landed behind but um, i do think that they're going to work him in and hopefully now with bruce arians gone these rookie running backs won't get shot on so hard because bruce arians was just brutal to i mean Keyshawn vaughn ronald jones like uh you know they're just you know, they're, they drop a ball in practice or something and he would bench them for three games. Like that's just crazy levels of hatred for his rookie RB. So, uh, hopefully they'll ease off a little bit there and, uh, Rashad white can, can get, get some work pretty early on, but uh, Rashad white at number seven for me. Gotcha. No, I like that pick. He was the guy that I was going back and forth on between uh, him and Algier. Um, you know, I do believe Rashad White is, you know, he's a very good athlete. He can be a three down workhorse. And I definitely think he's going to get an immediate role in the passing game for sure. Um, the problem, like we've you know, already said, uh, you know, Fournette's there and he's there for at least two years. So unless he does something really stupid. So, yeah, um, but it, uh, White does get really good draft capital. I believe in the talent a lot. And uh, I, I think he has good upside, but you might have to wait on it a little bit. Um, but he may, like you said, provide flex value uh, that you can at least get away with in the meantime. So, uh, so yeah, Rashad White, number eight for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, right there in a similar tier. Um, all right. Well, we'll just keep it on moving. Uh, my number eight is Brian Robinson. And, you know, again, I 
Um, don't hate the landing spot. I do think he'll have a role. I do think, you know, there was a lot of hope for, oh, what was the really small guy um, that they drafted last year? Jared Patterson. Um, oh, I do, yeah. I, I do think this is just Jared Patterson's done, and it's going to be Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I don't think this spells the end for Antonio Gibson at all. I mean, I think they're going to share the work. And, you know, Antonio Gibson is a very – he was one of the most successful goal line running backs. So I don't think they're going to move away from him anytime soon in that scenario. So I don't think Brian Robinson is is or is going to get a lot of touchdowns right away. I mean, you know, when, when you have the running back as successful as Antonio Gibson is in that role, I don't know why you change, um, but – you know, over the years, I've, I certainly think that'll expand and maybe Antonio Gibson, you know, after four years doesn't get that second contract and, um, you know, Brian Robinson will take over a lot more then. So, you know, this is kind of, for me, a cutoff point, the top eight, where I kind of feel like these guys can inherit the full roles in their backfield. Or, I mean, maybe not in James Cook's sense, but, um, you know, at least roles big enough to be reliable in fantasy, I guess is what we're aiming for in fantasy, obviously. And so, uh, you know, after this, it gets a little bit more shifty for me, but Brian Robinson at eight. Um, I, I, I like it. I think he landed behind the most talented back out of any of these guys, um, maybe outside of Spiller. And um, I'm at, yeah, yeah, Eckler with Spiller. So, um, yeah, but Brian Robinson, sorry. Brian Robinson at eight, that's where I got him. Yeah, I, I do. I have to disagree on one thing, and that's like the one thing I am sure that Brian Robinson is going to take away is the goal line touches. Like Antonio Gibson only had seven rushing touchdowns last year. Like he wasn't some dominant force on the ground in the well, goal line situations. You, how many times do you think they were in the red? Like they didn't score hardly at all. That's part of a huge reason why. But when he had the opportunities, he was like o- over eighty percent on them. He was one of the the most successful. You know. All right, I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, yeah, I I think Brian Robinson is a more powerful, stronger runner than he is, and he is going to take that role away, I believe. So that would be my prediction. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I mean, if and if that does, certainly his his value will be you know more than running back eight. So in this class. So, um, well, all right. Well, who you got at nine? Nine, I have your man Isaiah Spiller for the Chargers. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you hadn't gone over him yet nope he he falls to here like you said he landed behind the most talented back we've talked about yet which is austin eckler um you know i agree that they're probably going to try to use him as that change of pace guy that can do some early down work um but as i said previously he's kind of you know his athletic profile isn't much better than these other guys that they brought in recently larry roundtree Joshua Kelly, you know, as Kelly was a, a bit faster, but Roundtree was more the plotter type. And like all these guys have kind of failed out. So I, I, I don't know if he'll fail out. I won't go that far, but I believe in his skills enough to have him ranked in my top 10, but it, it is a concern for me. I, I don't think he landed in as good a spot as some other people believe. And um, yeah, it's uh, he, he's going to have to do really well early on, uh, to, I think, earn a spot and them not ha- draft another guy over him because they keep drafting a new one each year. So, uh, so yeah, he, he needs to do well in year one. Yeah, no, I agree. And it'll be interesting to see how much of a load they, they expect him to carry. But, you know, they, there's a little bit – and a guy that I love and I am sad, but Justin Jackson, you know, that was kind of the, mm-hmm. the guy behind. But, you know, 
I don't I don't think that's anything to worry about because Isaiah can catch the ball. So that was kind of Justin Jackson's. Oh, nice uh, Jackson's a free agent too. Oh, is he? I didn't. Yeah, he's unsigned. Yeah, I love Justin Jackson, the 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 person. Uh, you know, you can uh, go on his Twitter and see why if you're curious. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you know, obviously, if he's gone, he's gone. So not even have to worry about that. So he just walks into a role completely, not no competition besides those Jags that they drafted. And in my opinion, they solved the issue. But you know, you're right. If he if he fails out again, they'll probably be looking for another one next year, and maybe I'll avoid him that time. Mm. Uh, but uh, all right, so. Definitely. Yeah. That's a big gap for us. I mean, with me and Brian Robinson and uh, you, you and I, Brian Robinson, and then with Isaiah Spiller, that's probably the two biggest outliers so far. Um, number 10 for me is uh, Mr. Tyler Beatty. And this is definitely the tier that starts to drop down a little bit. Um, but you know, there's health concerns about both of the guys that are theoretically above him right now. They were clearly looking for somebody else, and Tyler Brady can do a lot more than than a most 195 pound running backs I watch can do. And uh, more importantly, J.K. Dobbins, you know, can catch the ball, but I think I think Tyler Brady excels in that. Uh, and uh, so I know that the Ravens don't really do that much, but look, they have a complete dearth of. I mean, not a dearth. That means a lot. They have a complete lack of. Uh, receiving options at this point. They have Mark Andrews, they have Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. I don't know. Am I missing somebody here? Um, Tylen Wallace. I don't, I think people are sleeping on a little bit. And I think Isaiah likely they drafted him to be a receiving threat, kind of a slot receiver passing tight end. That's very, yeah. With the eight tight ends that they drafted, definitely he should be the one that gets the most pass catching outside of Mark mm-hmm. Andrews. But and it wasn't eight, it was two, but it was two that I really liked. So it really mushed it up. But um, yeah, so I, I, I do like the landing spot. <clears throat> Definitely something that could never turn out. If JK comes back and if Gus comes back and they're fully healthy, good to go. It's probably definitely for year one, not going to happen, but it might be more down the line, but just put on the film and watch what he did in the SEC. That's all I can say. Like it's, I think he's a really, really talented guy. And I don't think he's quite JK Dobbins, uh, you know, talent level pre-injury, but I do think he's probably more talented than Gus Edwards, at least w- as a full package running back. Um, you, there's, I think Gus Edwards is a better power runner, but outside of that, I, I really like everything that Tyler Beatty can do. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's 10 for Tyler, Tyler Beatty to me, and I'm probably higher than most people on him, but um, really liked what I saw. And I like, I mean, obviously if he gets that role, we saw guys like, Oh, what was the guy that came out of nowhere and was the running back um, for like two weeks, for like two weeks. You remember I'm talking about for the, yeah. Ravens? Cause I told everybody not to buy into it. <laughs> right. Right. But it's like, as soon as a running back, it's kind of like the Shanahan system. As soon as a running back gets put back there, they, they are productive, you know, Gus Edwards, justice Hill at one point before he got injured as well. So um, I really think Tyler Brady can be successful if he gets any kind of playing time. He's going to need a lot of injuries to get playing time. So this is going to be another pretty it already big... happened. I, I understand, but you're, you're asking for lightning to strike twice, if that's what you're betting on. Um, and he like Gus Edwards is not bad catching balls. I agree that Tyler Brady's probably better at it, but you know what they can do after they catch the ball, you know, is, you know, a matter of concern for Beatty. So he didn't get great draft capital. He got selected by, I think, several running backs that are better than he is. And J.K. Dobbins is 
light years ahead of him as far as talent goes. Like it's not even close. Um, he could tear his both ACLs and come back and he'd still be better. So yeah. Um, I, I don't like the landing spot quite as much, but if injuries do happen, he's definitely going to be a worthy guy to have on your roster for sure. Um, is he in the top 12 or no? He is not. Okay. Fair enough. Nope. Now, I thought he might not be, and he's not in a lot of people's top 12, so I don't blame you. Well, who do you have at 10? No, nope. 10 for me uh, is actually going to be another sixth round pick. And my only sixth round pick this high is Keontae Ingram. He's a guy that I loved his film. Uh, he is, I believe, RB6 for me um, before uh, the draft came around. So, yeah, he, he moves down a bit here just because he did fall to the sixth round. But, uh, I mean, the Cardinals are a high-flying offense, and he the only running back that I think is better than him ahead of him is James Conner. And, you know, I, I do think Ingram is a different kind of runner than Connor is. He's more explosive. He's more of a one cut kind of, you know, create some electricity in the running game. So I, I like that addition. I think he's definitely going to stick to that offense and be a good change of pace. And those two are going to turn into a duo. So uh, Connor is signed through 2024. There's an out after 2023. So it's the same situation with Fournette. So you're going to have to deal with him for a while. But, um, yeah, here at RB10, I think, is you know, plenty good value for Keontae Ingram. So on talent, he deserves to be here. Yep, and I have him at RB11. So, uh, you know, I agree with my, most of what you said. Um, don't love the draft capital. Same goes for Beatty. But, um, you know, one thing I'll say, and I don't hope this for anybody, but James Conner has been, you know, injured a lot in the past. And, um you know, if something like that happens, I mean, Keontae Ingram really could be a guy that midseason just explodes in value, you know? So, and that's true for all, any of these guys, 100%. It's not like Keontae Ingram is special in that case, but uh, with with James Conner getting as big of a load as I'm expecting him to get, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, you know, he's missing at least a couple of games. So, uh, you know, I think Keontae can serve that role well. Um, he fell just outside of my top 12 uh, pre-draft, so he did rise a little bit with this. Um, but a lot of that also had to do with just guys that I had ranked above him, a couple of them falling uh, further, and including my number 12 guy, which I'll get into after Nate gives us his number 11. Uh, yes, number 11 for me is Jerome Ford. Got taken by the Browns in the fifth round. Uh, I like this landing spot because I think they may – move on from Kareem Hunt, either trade him away, even if they don't, he's only signed through this next year and then he's a free agent after 2022. So yeah, I, I think Ford uh, could end up being the guy behind Nick Chubb. And we've seen that the guy behind Nick Chubb can be very, very fantasy relevant. Uh, Ford is a very good athlete. He can be, you know, a three down workhorse, probably not at the NFL level on a like week to week basis. But if he has to fill in for Chubb at any point, he can definitely do it. He's good in all phases of the game. Uh, not in his power. You would expect a little bit more of from about his size, but uh, yeah, I mean here fifth round draft capital on a team that loves to run the ball and Kareem Hunt is, might not be there soon. So yeah, I'll, I'll take Jerome Ford at 11. All right. Yeah. He fell just outside for me. I mean, yeah, I agree. Projecting forward Kareem Hunt leaving, but I feel like I've been projecting Kareem Hunt leaving for Nick Chubb's sake for like three years. So, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see it, but it very well. I mean, you know, next year I could definitely see it happening. Um, and if that's the case, I'll feel a lot better about him than, than I do now, but, uh, for now, yeah, I'm still, 
I'll draft him probably in the early fourth or something like that, but you know, not quite, um, not quite top 12 material. Uh, but my, the last guy in my top 12, man, Nate, one thing I'll say about this draft for you, it had to be really tough emotionally because your two least favorite players, the two players that you railed against and just would have none of anybody liking them went to your two favorite teams. And one of them is Kyron Williams going to the Rams as my RB 12. That's where I had him pre-draft. So he stuck right around there. Um, look, a lot of this has to do with the fact that I trust the Rams offensive system. Um, I think that he very, if there's a place where he could succeed, you know, this is definitely one of them. And, you know, I still think Cam Akers is going to be the guy. This isn't an anti Cam Akers take, but I think there'll be enough of a role. Um, you know, the, obviously his injury issues, hopefully he comes back and looks better than he did in the playoffs. But, you know, I know Daryl Henderson's still there, but uh, you know, obviously Kyron Williams from the beginning, I've said he's one, he's, among the best, if not the best third down running back in this class. And that's exactly the role he's going to fill. And it may not be super, super valuable, but he could end up being one of these. Um, oh, uh, wow. I'm really Naeem Hines level players. You know what I mean? Uh, where, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I think Naeem Hines has finished in the top 12 or close to it before. So maybe not quite that high, but just that kind of role, Darren Sproles, you know, what they did on the field and it was enough. And look, I know Darren Sproles was a way better athlete. I'm just, no, they're about, way faster. Those guys are way Nate, faster. I'm not, all I'm talking about is the role. I'm just talking about the role. Don't get worked oh, up. Same role, even if they're faster, <laughs> it's okay. Go get worked up. But Kyron Williams at number 12, I'm, I'm willing to draft him. Um, you know, I, I like it enough. Um, we'll see if the Rams can do something with him. Nate, are you going to root for him? Is he going to become a player you like if that happens? Or I never I never rooted against him. I just – he's a terrible athlete. He's not an explosive, lightning-in-a-bottle, pass-catching playmaker. Like, if you were choosing between who to give the ball between him and Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers – it's a very easy decision because Akers and Henderson can do way more with the ball in their hands against NFL competition than he can. So well, I, we I don't, we haven't seen that yet to be fair, but it's, you know. it's going to happen. Like I like, and to say like, just because the Rams took the Rams took two, two at well in the second round last year, like they make mistakes in the draft all the time. I was time. asking you, I was asking you how you feel. I wasn't saying you're going to, you know, I was just saying if he does well, are you going to, you know, are you, are no, no, no. I'm saying in your reference to like, oh, well, he's with the Rams. So that gives me a lot of hope. Like, well, Tutu Atwell was taken by the Rams and, you know, we, we saw what that became. So I, I just don't hey, see He still it. has a shot. He, <laughs> it's he's only been a year. Yeah, he's, he's no. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't see it with Kyron. I don't think he's going to be around in the NFL for more than, you know, his rookie contract. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Yeah, you, we'll see. I mean, you know, 12, I don't feel like it's too egregious. I think you'd, you'd agree there is a slight sl sliver of upside. Uh, so, you know, at this point, there's not too many guys that I see that level of upside. But let's see who you have at number 12. I, uh, I kind of have to do this almost on draft capital alone. But uh, Ty Davis Price mm. of the 49ers, he, he could be one injury away from being the next 49ers back. So, we obviously don't want that to happen, but they kind of just keep turning out new guys all the time. So uh, the bad news for him is that he was taken in the third round and 49ers hate third round running backs. Uh, the ones they take almost always end up failing. Trey Sermon is the latest example. But yeah, I, uh, 
I, I, Elijah Mitchell is still the guy, and that's the problem with Ty Davis Price is like Mitchell's there for three more years, and he is the better back. But Price can do enough, and with the ball in his hands, that I think he is going to have a role, and he, you know, he's worth taking here at the 12th spot. This was one of the most surprising picks for me in the third round. I mean, I, I watched Tyrant Tyrion da- uh, Davis Price's film, and I wasn't impressed. He kind of looked like a plotter to me on the field. Um, you know, maybe has a little bit more power to his game than Elijah Mitchell. Although Elijah, despite being small, really does pack a little bit of a punch, but, um, I, maybe he'll have more short yardage goal line situations. That could be the way to his, his, uh, value there. And I, you know, he's going, he's going above, you know, I've seen him taken consistently above Zamir white in a couple of uh, leagues. And I guess that's because of the draft capital. And, uh, for me, it's just, at this point, I'm pretty much scared off of 49ers running backs. I mean, I'll still take Elijah Mitchell, but it's like you just don't know what the man's going to do, who he's going to play, who's going to get the touches. It's just – and not to mention the curse of every single one of his starting running backs getting injured at some point during the season. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not that excited about it. But, you know, fair enough, it's at, at 12, I don't blame you. And he probably would be 13 uh, if not Jerome Ford. So. All right, well, let's recap those real quick. Um, for me, it's Brees Hall and Ken Walker in a tier one and two. Um, at three, I have Isaiah Spiller. At four, I have Damian Pierce. At five, I have James Cook. At six, I have Zamir White. At seven, I have Rashad White. At eight, I have Brian Robinson. And from three to eight is a uh, tier two for me. And then uh, at nine, I have Tyler Algier. Algier I just realized I never gave my thoughts on Tyler Algier I must have accidentally skipped him oops mm. uh well <laughs> I thought uh, you said something but maybe not yeah sorry guys real quick I'll just get into this very quickly uh Tyler Algier are we forgetting that Damian Williams is there like people just completely writing that part off like I hope that Algier can get a role but I'm I think Damian Williams is probably going to be our starter I mean um I could be wrong about that. I mean, obviously Cordero is going to be the most fantasy valuable in my opinion, but I think that first and second down work, at least right now is going to go to Damian Pierce. I mean, fifth round draft, um, Damian Pierce, Damian Williams, um, Tyler, I'm not super excited about, but I could be proven wrong. Uh, you know, I think he'll get some goal line touch, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, the fact that he fell to the Falcons, I have to root for him. He is at number nine, but I don't think I gave my full in-depth analysis. I apologize for that. Uh, so, Real quick, uh, at nine, I have Tyler Algier. 10, I have Tyler Beatty. 11, I have Kyron Williams. And 12, I have Keontae Ingram. Um, yep, my top uh, 12 is going to be Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Zamir White, Damian Pierce, Brian Robinson, James Cook, Tyler Algier. Eight is Rashad White. Nine, Isaiah Spiller. 10, Keontae Ingram. Then 11, Jerome Ford, and 12, Ty Davis Price. All right. Well, that was an interesting breakdown. Is there anybody else you're like, just a throw in piece that you're excited about? Because honestly, yeah, if, if I did have an answer, I guess it'd be Tyrion Davis Price. But is there a name you you uh, you haven't named that, that you'd like to throw out? Or can we move on to quarterbacks? I mean, if, if I were a Henry owner, I'd like to get Hassan Haskins. He'd play a similar, similar role if Henry did go down at any point. Um, either of the Patriots running backs, you know, they'll probably have a role at some point. You just never know when, 
and then uh, Snoop Connor with ETN coming back from injury. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll be 100% go early on, but uh, James Robinson might not be with the Achilles. So um, there's a chance with uh, all that that Snoop Connor gets more role than people think, and he got fifth-round draft capital. So, um, yeah, he'd be a late-round guy to keep an eye on. But. I like that call. I haven't given much thought to Snoop Connor. I kind of just wrote it off. But, yeah, you're right. It, it could be better than, than what I'm thinking in my head. So I like that. He, he outplayed Jerry on Ely. So I know Ely went undrafted, but he's a pretty good back. So they look good in college. Former five-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's get into the quarterbacks here. This is going to be a much shorter discussion because there's <laughs> much less to talk about. Um, but, uh, yeah, Nate, if you want to open this up here and uh, give your quarterback one. Yeah, there are going to be no surprises here. It is the NFL's quarterback one in this class. It is Kenny Pickett of the Steelers. He goes into a fantastic situation. I think he'll win the starting job, uh, if not immediately, very early into the season. But I, I think he'll probably start week one as, as the guy. Um, he's an experienced uh, college player coming out, fifth-year starter there. Um, yeah, I mean, he couldn't have landed in a much better spot. I mean, the organization's fantastic. The coaching staff's fantastic. The, they already had a good group of players on offense. The offensive line still needs help. But, like, the fact that they added – George Pickens and Calvin Austin on top of Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson is just ridiculous. So, and Najee. Um, yeah, that's what I was about to say. If, if all that fails, he can just dump it off to Najee. So it's an insane group of talent around him. And uh, I love the position he's been put in. So he wasn't my favorite quarterback coming into this pre-draft. But, uh, I mean, you can't overlook the capital, the landing spot. It's, you know, everything wrapped in together makes him the clear uh, quarterback one for me. Yeah, taking like 70 or 80 picks before the next quarterback after him. So um, it's maybe not quite that much. Maybe it's more like 50 or 60, but substantial gap, uh, you know, two two rounds pretty much. So um, it, there's no way you don't put him at quarterback one, in my opinion. Now, I've seen people do it, and I think they're insane. Uh, I saw, you know, I've seen Malik still be there. I've seen uh, Desmond Ritter be there at quarterback one. So just all crazy to me, but Kenny Pickett, I don't expect him to be a huge upside guy. I think if you're drafting him, expect him to hopefully be your quarterback too. Don't don't expect to build a team around him, but in Superflex especially, a guy like that, and especially most quarterbacks worth worth being drafted should succeed in the system that in the situation he's going to be set up in. So um, I think he will be good. I don't think he's going to be a super you know fantasy game changer, but – at this point, we're just looking for guys that'll get his points week to week, and I think he'll do that. So, uh, Kenny Pickett, number one, number two, is my former number one quarterback, and it's Matt Corral. Um, Matt Corral going to Carolina in the third round. I was hoping he'd go to Carolina in the first round, so a little bit different there. But uh, I mean, come on, he's competing with Sam Darnold. If he if he doesn't beat Sam Darnold out, then either it's complete malpractice by Matt Rule and staff, or I'm just wrong. I mean, about Matt Corral's ability, but I think he's far and away a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. I mean, um, uh, you know, he, he's going to have things he's going to have to work out. It's, he has some good weapons there, but I don't expect him to necessarily light the world on fire. Um, they did upgrade their offensive line, which is going to be a big help for whoever the quarterback is back there. Um, and, you know, he has Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. That's a pretty good little, pass catching trio there. So 
Um, I like it. I think he has the best chance to start, if not at the beginning of the season, like as soon as Sam Darnold shows how bad he sucks, um, which shouldn't take too long. So uh, Matt Corral is my clear-cut RB uh, run, uh, fuck, quarterback, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've seen him – he's usually going as the quarterback four. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking him above a lot of other people. I take him at the very beginning of the second and I have twice already. Yeah. I am going to go with my pre-draft quarterback two, And that is also Matt Corral. Uh, he landed in a good spot with the Panthers, not uh, too bad of competition there. Uh, if it makes you feel better, they traded up in the third round to get him. So not good draft capital, but at least, you know, it shows that they wanted him and were afraid he was going to get taken before that. So, yeah, um, I, I like this for him. You would have liked to see him get, you know, the first round pick, fifth year option, all that kind of stuff. But that's why he definitely drops and he's in a much lower tier than Kenny Pickett. But uh, he, he could be a long term starter in the NFL still. And we still like the talent coming out of college, you know, not in a great class, but he has lightning fast release. He can be you know, pinpoint accurate at times. He needs to work on that consistency there, but uh, there's a lot of things to like about him and uh, he can also make things happen with his legs. So yep. Macarel uh, remains at the second spot for me. Absolutely. So far we're in lockstep here, much, much more agreement than with the running backs here. And I, you know, even, even having corral it too, I don't think a lot of people have at this point. I don't know why, but you know, I'm glad that we're on the same page there. Well, here's where it gets tricky for me. In my three and four, honestly, I have to say it would change based on what I can do or what what, what the team is looking like. And I know that sounds like a cop-out, but I'm just going to put as my overall number three, in most cases, I would like to select as my quarterback three, Malik Willis still. Um, you know, it's you're going to have to wait. Ryan Tannehill's not going away this year, certainly. Next year, probably not. We'll see. Um, but... I think this is good for Malik. Honestly, it's not good right away, obviously, but that's a great quarterback to learn behind. Now, you know, there's been some remarks that, oh, I'm not his mentor or whatever. So maybe he's not going to be as friendly to let him learn behind him. But honestly, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be, you know, a jerk to him. Uh, and honestly, I think that comment has kind of been taken out of hand a little bit. It, he was just saying, it's not my job to be his mentor, which it's not. But, you know, he said, if he learns behind me along the way, that's great. So, um, you know, I, I think this is good. I think Malik Willis, I still believe in the talent uh, over anybody else uh, here. And I think the landing spot, if he can inherit that role, um, you know, is a good one. And I've seen, I saw a Twitter poll, which I know it's Twitter, but it said, who's going to be the the starter uh, at the beginning of the season, Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill and somebody, or no, no, that's not what it was. It was who would you rather have in dynasty Tannehill or Malik Willis? And it was like, literally like 60 40 and i could not believe that uh it was 60 Tannehill, but still like it's i mean it's still clearly Tannehill for me but if you can afford the stash and that's why i say it's team dependent if you don't need a quarterback right away if you're not desperate to have somebody to plug into that lineup malik willis is easily my number three uh but there is a situation where you might be desperate you might have to go with my number four quarterback but first nate who do you have in number three yeah, for me, it's going to be Mr. Sam Howell with the Washington Commanders here at number three. I believe in the talent for him a lot more than I do the next two guys. So, And it's not like he has a world beater ahead of him. Carson Wentz is, you know, the, the Colts couldn't kick him out of the building fast enough. And so 
Now he'll try at his third location to make things happen, but chances are good. Wentz is going to f- fall out there. So, uh, you know, there's a chance with, especially how much Wentz gets banged up that Sam Howell is playing meaningful snaps this year. And he's another one of these guys that, you know, he's shown that he can do stuff with his arm, especially when he had, uh, you know, decent receivers around him, but he can also create a lot with his legs and he can be, you know, a big threat of the goal line as well. He's got some power behind him. So, uh, I like it, you know, obviously the draft capital is terrible in the fifth round, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, you're picking, <laughs> you're picking from not really good options here. So I'm going to go with the guy I believe is the most talented and has some dual threat ability. And the guy above him is an injury opponent, you know, guys kind of washing out of the league. So Sam Howell is number three for me. Yeah, fair enough. Have you heard anything why he fell even further than the, I mean, I haven't like seen any negative new, I mean, I don't understand what happened honestly, but um, yeah, the definitely landing with the commanders. If it would have happened in, in round three, I'd probably have him as my quarterback three as well. Um, so, you know, maybe that's, maybe I shouldn't factor in that two rounds as much as I am, but um, you know, you, he was your quarterback one. You were very hot on him from the beginning, obviously took a knock, but you're still willing to, you know, stick your neck out a little bit for him. And, uh, you know, I do think he has a shot. I think he's much better than a fifth round quarterback. And again, I don't have any real explanation or rationalization to why that happened, but, um, fair enough. Uh, but I do have a guy ranked above him at my number four and it's Desmond Ritter and man, this is the one that hurt guys. Why did we, why did we do this? Why are we such a fucking poverty organization oh my god i'm so mad that the falcons took desmond ritter like literally anything else could have happened we could have picked somebody that got taken in the seventh round and i'd be okay it's just like oh my god but anyways he's like my quarterback for um he has you're selling him well i know i know i know look people have are, are high on him man he's like usually going as the quarterback too and i just He's not good, and 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 he's on my team, so I want to be wrong. I promise you, if I'm wrong, I will be. This will be the happiest eat my words moment ever. But like, it's not gonna happen. But if you need somebody to plug into your lineup right away, he does have a chance to get on the field this year. Um, I don't think Mariota is that good now. I don't think he is either. So I don't know why he would beat Mariota out necessarily, but maybe Mariota gets injured. Maybe the coaching staff wants to go with the guy they drafted. I don't know, but um, you know, there's a, there's a slight chance that he starts. And you know, that is one reason why, like I said, if you need somebody, I would take him above Malik Willis in that case, but hopefully you're not that desperate. Uh, But I really just, this one hurt, man. This one really hurt my faith in the Falcons organization and just was a, was a real, uh, man anyways. Uh, but he is my quarterback for, and you know, I'm sure there's people that can sell, sell him better than me, but, um, you know, the, that startability and obviously getting added, um, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I mean, for an inaccurate quarterback, like him having those guys that can go up and get it, in contested catch situations is a, is a good, um, good thing. And he is a great leader. So I hear, and has a very positive attitude. So maybe they'll win over the locker room and just increase morale. And, but that's about all I can do to try to paint. This as a good thing in my life. So go ahead, Nate, give us your quarterback for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll get into Ritter later, but uh, the fact that the number one thing everybody was saying about him was that he was a good leader. 
tells you that he's trash. Uh, not obviously not as a person, but as a player. So uh, number four for me, I have to put the more talented guy ahead of him, and it is Malik Willis. You know, it's no surprise here what our top fives are, but uh, but yeah, Malik Willis for the Titans. I I don't think he's ever going to pan out to be anything. I really don't. But um, you know, he, he's worth a shot here. And problem is, like it, when you're in your actual drafts, like I would be taking quite a few of these like running backs and receivers, and even some tight ends, like over the guys we're talking about now, just because I am so much more sure of what they're going to do in the NFL than what I am of what these guys are. And clearly the NFL was as well. Uh, Quarterbacks typically don't fall this low. So, um, so yeah, Malik Willis with the Titans, like I said, I don't think he's going to pan out, but uh, you got to bank on that. And he's, you know, he's in a good place. Uh, I, you know, if you're Traylon Burks owner, I wouldn't be too hype about it, especially if he does become the guy, because I don't think that's a great, you know, guy to, you know, for fantasy purposes to, it's already an offense that's run heavy and doesn't do much for passing volume. And that would probably make it worse. So, but uh, I, I don't foresee that happening, but still take a chance here at Malik Willis at number four. Um, you know, we don't have to get into our rankings or anything, but just overall, do you feel better about Drake Lennon catching balls from Desmond Ritter, or do you feel better about um, Traylon catching balls from from Malik? Uh, well, this I isn't don't... a rank. This isn't a ranking. I'm just talk- strictly talking about like the the wide the, the quarterback connection. Yeah, I mean, probably Malik, but I think the Falcons are going to be airing it out a lot more. Like their defense is way more trash. They, you know, like the Titans are going to be able to run the ball on a lot of people and run clocks out, which is what they've been doing for years. So, um, yeah, if you're talking about volume, I would probably go Ritter in London. That's fair. But I, you know, I don't think Ritter is going to be the one throwing to London. I really like if they were coming out in the same year, Mariota is leaps and bounds ahead of him as a prospect. And he's been in Arthur Smith's system before. He knows the offense. He's already got a head start on the playbook, the verbiage. Like, I, I do not see Desmond Ritter beating him out. So that yeah. uh, that would be why I have him ranked at number five. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, my, uh, if you have, do you have anything else to say about Ritter? I mean, you know, obviously you have him at five. Is yeah. there any, do you, I mean, do you have any, any hope or reason why we might be wrong here or just, are you just never, you know, it's, I will say for a guy that I don't believe in the talent, it's, you know, it's better that he's a guy that is probably going to be popular in the locker room than vice versa. You know, it's better that he has the attitude he does than, you know, someone like maybe Baker, who's kind of seemed to have soured on his teammates. So I, you know, that's going to be going for him. That'll help him stick around, even if he's like slow to pick things up. So, you know, that does play in his favor as far as like, you know, becoming a coach's friend. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's about what you can do on the field. And I think that's where he's going to fall, especially long term. Yep, I agree with you there. Again, the only reason why I have him a spot higher is just uh, I can see a pathway to him starting, even if it's some ugly starts uh, rookie year. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, at five, I've got Sam Howell. Again, I, 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 I do agree with you that maybe we should look at the commander's landing spot as a little bit better. It's just they, they paid for Wentz this year. So unless he does get injured, you know, I don't think there's any kind of competition, like, you know, for the starting job this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how good the commanders are, but I expect them to not be one of the better teams in the league. So, 
you know, again, the sixth first round quarterback thing next year. Um, it's very possible that, you know, he gets drafted over again, but I mean, that's possible for any of the third round guys, if they don't perform well, it's just how might not even get a chance to get on the field is my concern, you know? So um, that's the only reason why I have him at five. I do think he's a great fourth round pick and you can get him in most fourth rounds, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the end of the third, if you really need some quarterback depth or something, but um, you know, I think he's a value pick compared to the other guys. I mean, especially like Malik and, and Ritter. I do think that, you know, Corral and Pickett, I clearly, clearly want above him. But as far as, you know, the other two guys, he's going like around after them. So I'd much rather have him around later than take one of those other two, Ritter or Malik, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, all right. Uh, I guess not going to take us too long to recap, but I had Kenny Pickett one, Matt Corral two, Malik Willis three, Desmond Ritter four, and Sam Howell five. All right. I had... Kenny Pickett, number one. Number two, Matt Corral. Three, Sam Howell. Four, Malik Willis. Five, Desmond Ritter. Boo, Falcons. And I will just, like, I did a top 12, and obviously oh. you, you don't have to do this, but. Oh, shit. There was 12 uh, quarterbacks taken? <laughs> uh, no, there were not at all. I included four, four undrafted guys. <laughs> we are reaching for talent here. Yeah, people. I only did the guys I would draft in a five-round startup. That's, but, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Well, I would also draft Bailey Zappi. He's at number six for me. Um, uh-huh. I, I would also take a flyer on Carson Strong, uh, landing with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent. I just, if the talent ever worked out, you know, it's not like their quarterback is absolutely set in stone. So I would take a fifth round flyer on him. And um, maybe the same with Brock Purdy for the 49ers. Uh, he was a seventh round pick for them. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the rest of this isn't too great, but nine, Skylar Thompson, seventh round pick with the Dolphins, and then Seahawks signed two undrafted guys and we know their quarterback situation is terrible. So Caleb LB and Levi Lewis might be worth, you know, some, some fab money in your leagues. So keep an eye on that. And then, um, you know, EJ Perry will probably never be on any roster, but he would be my 12th quarterback. (laughs) Wow. That's extensive. Uh, I appreciate the (laughs) dive there. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Ellaby's maybe is a flyer i'd take i kind of like that one that was the one that kind of perked my ears and and i will say bailey zappy you're probably right baby zappy especially with how horrible the fifth round is this year to be frank um i definitely think bailey zappy can squeeze his way in there and he's the future the fucking patriots starter starting quarterback so i mean why wouldn't you no he ain't but he did get (laughs) taken ahead of sam howe he was taken in the fourth round so uh, the the patriots had nothing behind mac jones so they got their you know they tend to have good backups so they finally got theirs but yeah the fact that he was taken ahead of sam howe was pretty pretty insane to me the patriots draft man this is the last point i'll make (laughs) what the fuck i mean Cole Strange in the first. I mean, you saw the Sean McVay's reaction to that, which was hilarious. Uh, two running backs. I mean, when they already have a pretty deep running back core, that mm-hmm. threw water on everybody's Ramondre hopes and dreams. Um, I mean, <laughs> Tyquan Thornton in the second. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then again, Bailey Zappi in the fucking fourth. Like, when you just drafted a first-round quarterback, I mean, what what's going on, guys? I mean... You hate to question the guy that you know is the greatest of all time, but see, 
the thing is, I don't mind the fourth round pick is like backup, good backup quarterbacks are, can be worth their weight in gold in the league. So I don't mind that. It's not too high draft capital. But Tyquan Thornton, they could have gotten like two rounds later. Cole Strange, they probably could have gotten a round later. Like, it, yeah, it was it was endless overdrafting uh, for them. And then taking two running backs, like I'm feeling much better about my Ramondre Stevenson takes and where I had him ranked. <laughs> A year ago uh, now just because like Kevin Harris is no joke as a first and second down runner and uh, yeah it's it's not looking good yeah and Pierre Strong was drafted a couple yeah more, yeah so. yeah and he's an electric like if he gets free he's gone type of guy so it's just that Patriots backfield man another thing that I really don't want any part of if I can avoid but anyways uh Thanks for listening, guys. Next week, we're going to be doing our wide receivers and tight ends, which I think the wide receivers are definitely the most interesting and certainly the deepest um, you know, position in this draft. So that'll be great to get into. By then, we will have probably finished up most of our rookie drafts. I think we have one that's in two weeks, so we might have a couple of more left. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll – you know, it's, it's – I love this time of year. It's exciting. Get these rookies. Get that hope on your roster. Um. But yeah, thanks for, for thanks for listening. Um, you got anything to add for us, Nate? Uh, we'll we'll get to the deepest position next week, and that'll be the receivers. That'll be very exciting. But uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us for this one and draft accordingly. Absolutely, and we will be doing tight ends next week. I didn't say that, but you know, again, another position that's not not very exciting. But we'll we'll do hey, all the pass catchers. There was a massive amount of them drafted, so there are going to be a lot of good late round flyers, but. Uh, but yeah, so all pass catchers next week. For sure. Uh, well, thank you guys as always. Be sure to like, subscribe. Um, you know, get at us if you you know have our contact on on Sleeper or whatever else. Um, and you know, let us know what you think. Uh, if you have any questions, we're happy to answer them. And uh, yeah, it's it's been fun to have this process four or five months that we've been watching these rookies finally come full circle i mean it's not full circle we still have the years that they're going to be you know playing in the nfl but uh finally get on a landing spot prop finally get a little bit more projectable so um yeah love this time of year but thank you guys for listening for nate this is josiah fantasy dogs out